If you would love to create a transformational and successful coaching business, but you don't know where to start or how to make this a full-time career, then my new certification program, Influential Coach, is for you. There is no other four-month live online mastermind like this. I'm going all in, guns blazing on this one with you to skyrocket your coaching career and personal brand online. You will learn the frameworks I personally use for rapid transformational coaching so you can support your clients to achieve their dreams no matter where they are in life. You will also learn how to authentically brand and market yourself as a coach so you can stand out from the rest and build a career of freedom and fulfillment. Spots are limited and this is an application only program. So if you're serious about finally committing to building a successful career in transformational coaching, then head over to imjoelbrown.com slash coach and apply today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with a very exciting, inspiring, and awesome guest. I have been waiting a little while to, to get her on. Uh, we've known each other for a little while now, and I was blessed to be on her podcast. And I said, Jessica, we need to do this on the A to S podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Jessica Palmer. Jessica Palmer is a grounded leadership coach, coaching program strategist. She is on a mission to cut the suicide rate down by 50% by 2025. She has a heart of gold and her soul is on fire to serve so many people in this world to really show them how to live an empowered life, but how to do it in an authentic way. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jessica Palmer. Thanks for jumping in, Jessica. Thank you for having me. It's, it's honestly such an honor. Yeah, yeah. We've had so many conversations. And I remember the first time we met each other we're at John Templeton's place. Yeah. And we're passing in the hallway type of, type <laughs> of uh, you know, experience and, and just had like a couple of things that we, we shared and it turned into this full-blown conversation. And what I really love about that first impression I had with you, Jessica, is this, just this heart to serve. You know, and this grounded leadership coach as your title is really where you're at. You know, and I think that we live in a world of influences, you know, influence, influence, persuasion, got to look a certain way to lead. And I love that you lead with showing up in who you're being rather than just, you know, saying what you do. And uh, this is really what I believe is, is where we need to go, where we get to go as coaches in this world. And I know that your mission of, cutting the suicide rate down by 50%. I, I mean, I love this. And I know parts of your story and we'll, we'll get into that. I, I know that you have some incredible processes that you've worked through personally in your life and that others that you've coached have worked through too, to be able to really step into that place, to, to stand more empowered and not be in that place of depression, that place of coming out of order, that place of confusion and anger and sadness and everything else. So let's kick this off with this here. Why? Why cut down the suicide rate? Where, where did this come from? Yeah. Well, I, I firstly want to share, um, you can look on the World Health Organization page and you'll look up and you'll see that every 40 seconds, someone on this planet dies from suicide. So every 40 seconds, like just whoever's listening to this, watching this, every 40 seconds, we're losing people. And I think that there are so many of these deaths that can be preventable. And I think it all really comes from a disconnect. We're so disconnected from 
each other, which at the end of the day comes to the fact that we're disconnected from ourselves. And the past five, six years of my life, like I don't even remember my life before uh, six years ago. You know, when you have experiences and you become a, a completely different person, I had just multiple significant events happen in my life that completely made me question who I was, what 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 is good, what is evil, what is love. I literally questioned any question that exists in the world. I questioned it and I felt so confused. And, you know, there's so many different pieces. And over the last six years, I've given birth four times. So four children aged wow. six and under. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> yeah, just, just like I that alone like- is, is it <laughs> intense. I mean, yeah. Um, and each one of those children has has taught me so much about life. I actually feel like parenting has been the greatest facilitation training. Like I know I know that I train people how to facilitate. Um, there's lots of great facilitation training you can go to, but let me just tell you right now, parenting, relationships, like that's like the real arena. <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm so grateful to be a mother because motherhood has taught me everything I know about the world it's taught me about love it's taught me how to increase my capacity to endure and I think a lot of people think oh endurance that doesn't sound very sexy like endurance but you know what endurance is is amazing endurance is what athletes have and that's what motherhood's taught me. But becoming a mother, my introduction to mother motherhood was very, very, um, to, for the first seven weeks, it was beautiful. Um, you know, I had the full, like, natural water birth. I had all my family with me, and it was such a special time. But then seven weeks later, um, my brother, my brother, the way that I like to describe this is that someone I love killed someone that I loved. So you can imagine how conflicting the emotions would feel. Um, You know, I remember sitting on my bed and my husband walking into our house and I'm literally, you know, breastfeeding my seven-week-old baby and he comes in and he tells me what's happened. And just to give you context, um, my brother took the life of his partner in a brutal act of domestic violence. And in that moment, my heart completely sank because you don't grow up thinking that your sibling is going to be a murderer. Like you, you, you don't, you don't, nobody, you think, oh, you see that on the news and you go, oh, I'm so glad that's not me. And then it was me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I remember the first time you told me this, uh, I, I was just trying to imagine what it would be like to, first of all, hear that news and just hear that a friend of mine has passed away would be heavy. And to know that the person that I loved as well was involved in that process. I mean, it would have taken you quite a while to wrap your head around it. And I'd imagine just like the processing is, is it's a huge thing to, to do. Right. And some people just never do properly process it. And then it manifests these other issues later on in life, you know, and Mm. I, I think this process that, you've been able to do so beautifully because you committed to it. And I say this because it requires so much commitment is this process of forgiveness is really such a huge catalyst in, in just 
how you've been able to grow as a leader, but I'd love for you to share this with others. Cause you know, there are some people that have made they, maybe they've been physically abused. Maybe they've been emotionally abused. Maybe it's emotional neglect, right? It doesn't have to just come into it as a physical form. It can be things that are said, you know, in the ways that people respond when we want to feel seen, heard and understood and loved and accepted. Mm. How do we work through this process? Like you've gone to the edge of the earth and gone through one of the deeper forgiveness processes. The absolute depths. And the reason why I go into full certainty in a coaching session, knowing that I can support someone is because I know that every human being has the ability to self-actualize. Like I know that because I've done it myself. And this is what I want the world to experience, you know, to feel that empowerment. And this, you know, I love that. Like, I know you're such a stand for empowered coaching, (laughs) not codependent coaching. Um, but learning how to self-actualize and I had to sit with myself and I probably, the, this, the time frame it was pretty quick in when people reflect and they look at me and they think, how did you do that so quickly? Which would be say around 18 months. I just, I, I fell into the depths of it and I allowed myself to fall, well, not, not straight away to begin with. I just felt confused and I was in denial uh, and I just thought, let's just, I was going to be the strong one and just be positive. Let's be positive was the way that I approached it to begin with, because I didn't really want to look at what was in front of me. And I literally had to be brought to my knees. I had to get to the point where I suppressed it so much that I could no longer suppress it. And being a mum, you know, cause during this time, um, Within the 18-month period, I had two children. So I had the seven-week-old baby, and then I got pregnant by the, when she was five months, got pregnant with my second daughter. And whilst I was pregnant with my second daughter as well, um, my husband's best friend, who I, I basically married my husband's best friend. He was just like an extra bonus husband for me. <laughs> um, he, he died from suicide as well within that same time frame. So I experienced a great deal of, of, of grief and trauma and just, just witnessing so much. And I just remember getting to the point where I could no longer feel. Like I could no longer feel. I went from being in survival mode where I'm still like I'm trying, I'm just like hanging on, to then falling into what I call existing mode where I'm just, I'm just breathing but I'm not actually here. And then what happened is I began when I was in this existing mode, I remember just lying in the bathtub and just thinking to myself, I don't want this to be my life. And remember having conversations with God and being like, can you please just take me in my sleep? Because I'm really angry with you. Like I was angry. I was like having these conversations with God. Like I'm angry with you. Why are you doing this to me? Like, why won't you please let me pass in my sleep? Because I don't want this. And then as I fell into that existing mode and then even deeper into this beautiful state of nothingness, which can be terrible, but sometimes that state of nothingness is actually where you find what's real. And because I allowed myself to fall into this state of nothingness, I then really began began to, you know, hear what was for me. And like God was saying, He's like, because I'm not done with you yet. And I, I was still very frustrated. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> why you're not done with me yet? Come on, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. 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 I love how you paint the picture of how it all went down. You know, I, I think about so many of my students that I've coached and for whatever reason, there's this initially, I, I mean, I know what the reason is, but as we look at this generally, people have a lot of resistance to the forgiveness process and it requires this level of vulnerability where maybe for the first time in our life where we're sitting and actually accepting what the reality is, you know, rather than creating the stories around it, rather than creating the justifications, rather than trying to block out or trying to minimize, just really sitting and going, this is what actually happened. And I may not like it, (laughs) but it did. And if I'm trying to make it something different, there's a part of me that knows that I'm trying to soften the blow and I haven't fully accepted it. And if we don't fully accept, then we don't have power over it. It becomes the master over us. Was this your experience as well? Absolutely. I feel like the acceptance piece, when I came into just full acceptance and acceptance, which was, it was free from judgment, full acceptance of what is true in this moment? Who is it that I want to become? Who, why? It wasn't about, there are just some things that happen that aren't for me to understand. And sometimes we're just not going to understand why things um, happen. We can have so many explanations, but it is just that full level of acceptance because I just feel like once you accept and you drop into that state of receiving the truth and holding the truth, and I think that's what that nothingness state is. It's so quiet there that you can go here or here, like just quickly, you've got to quickly choose if you're going to accept and say, this is what it is, or I'm going to run away now and I'm going to go back further into the darkness as opposed to allowing, and that's what acceptance I feel is, it's not, it's not something that you have to strive to do. It's actually just, it's a letting go and it's an allowing. Allow the truth to be presented to you and to look at it from a place of just pure, pure truth. I love this. I love this so much. Have you heard of Jordan Peterson? Yes. Yeah. He, he shared something um, recently and he just says, always tell the truth. Obviously, that's a virtue in our life because as humans, we're imperfect. So we're going to have times where we struggle with that. And we fall short <laughs> of the glory of what God, how God has created us, right? But I think that in that telling the truth, what happens is, and I, I remember hearing a neuroscientist, his name's Tim Jennings, awesome guy, psychotherapist, neuroscientist. He says that when we lie, it actually damages a part of our brain. It shuts off a certain part and it, it, it detours and deviates our thoughts into other ways to process. So we actually aren't allowing ourselves to receive truth. And the more and more we do this over and over again, it distorts our reality. That's how people become deluded. They become delusional. And, and it's, you know, when you meet someone, you're seeing something go down. There's a lot happening in the news lately where some people are just so hard set, like, no, this is what happened. And you're like, that's not reality right now. How did you get to that point? So yes, in this, in this process, you've obviously realized, Hey, I can't, I can't be in this space lying to myself anymore about what happened. I'm here standing in the acceptance. Your family and your friends around you, did you feel like they were playing in a different space and a different level with how they were processing it? 
there was so so many different ways that everyone was processing it because it impacted immediate families and also and as I'm saying perpetrator and victim for me I I feel like it's hard to even say perpetrator and victim because for me it's I'm on both sides I'm I am on love's side but it also really impacted people in the public like it was very very highly publicized um you know, not just in our local community, but all over Australia, all over New Zealand, to the point where I I was afraid. I was afraid to go outside because I would constantly be, I'd, I stopped watching the news. Um, people would just tag me online in articles about me. And I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, how is that? That's why are you sharing this with me? Like, so that I know that people are talking. I know, and I, I don't even need to know. I can feel that people are are talking. And, and what I realized is I began to see what reality actually is. It's like this whole veil just lifted because I saw human behavior on so many different layers, different levels. And I was just sitting back and I was just watching and witnessing all of it until I actually looked within myself but I was I was looking and witnessing everybody else around me and going wow this is how they're dealing with it this is what they now think is true and there were so many distorted um you know even recently a few weeks ago I had um you know people who wanted to work with me and they said I'm not too sure if I can work with you because someone has told me that they would be upset if I worked with you because you're the sister of this person. And so there's so many different layers of meaning that get attached and people just have this sense of, instead of having a sense of truth and love, they have a sense of loyalty. And I find, I find it really fascinating. Yeah. And I just began to see the, the biggest question I asked myself was, who am I? That was the most important question for me to ask is, who am I? Like Jessica Palmer, who am I? And why am I here? Why am I experiencing this? Because surely it can't be for no reason. And I began to just really sit with that. And like I said, I did this all in a very short period of time. And I just started naturally developing this relationship with myself. And this is before I, you know, received any coaching or healing or anything before I, when I went and started learning about coaching and stuff for me, that just confirmed what I'd already experienced. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that's true because I have experienced that. So then I would continue and have this well-rounded, um, level of understanding and comprehension that people don't normally have. This is why I feel I have that. And I made this decision one night just before I went to sleep. This is before I knew anything about brainwaves, but it was just before I went to sleep. There was this moment where I just caught myself just before I went to sleep. And I said, no more. Like no more. I I was I was binge eating every time I would you know I would my children would fall asleep in the car, and I would just binge eat junk food. And every time I took a bite, I would just be saying terrible things to myself. I'd take every bite would be 
you deserve this. You're not worthy of love. Maybe you are a bad person. These are all the things that I was doing and I was telling myself. And before I knew that I could actually tell myself other things, I had to make a decision first, a very clear cut. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. So just before I went to sleep, I just, I just said to myself, I'm not doing this anymore. And I made the most conscious decision that I've ever made in my life in that moment and probably still forever. Just before I went to sleep, I said, I'm going to sleep. And when I wake up, everything is going to be different. And I just said it was such conviction. It's like my soul already knew that that was true. I just said that one thing. And then Joel, and I felt it in my entire body when I said that one, I just declared it. And I went to sleep and I woke up and everything was different. Like I just woke up and everything was different. And I, I could breathe. I could I could just feel everything. I felt connected to everything when before that I'd felt very disconnected and I felt I'd actually suppressed myself a lot and I suppressed the passionate parts of myself because I was afraid that people wouldn't like it, that it wouldn't show up as like the good girl because that's kind of what I did. I, I was very obedient. I wanted to be the good girl. And unfortunately what that meant is that I wasn't able to step into this role of being like bold and being so truthful. But that one decision completely changed my life. Wow. 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 This is okay. This is really interesting. Right. And, and I want to kind of pull this apart Beautiful. because anyone that's listening right now, you've gone through something in your life. You, you must have, unless you're <laughs> early, early, early years on, you know, in your, in your, um, infancy stage and somehow you're listening to this and making sense of it <laughs> right so I want to pull it apart there's there's a lot here and I love this conversation I think it's so necessary what happens often is we create this almost like this tent right and, and when I say a tent this is our identification we are like the pole that's the center of who we are it holds things up the tent right? The, the material of the tent is the fabric of the tent is created through um, the way that we view society, the way that we view um, things in pop culture, the, the references we create, um, what we deem as good and bad and so on. And, and so we have this tent. And then when somebody comes along and parks their tent next to us and it has a different label, we have no idea what's in that other tent, but we see it as either a threat or it's part of the tribe, right? And so mm. often what, what happens with this forgiveness process is your family was processing it in a different way than you. Maybe for a while you were kind of processing it in a similar way, but you got to a point where you were saying before that you didn't want to be like bad. So that's like the people pleaser that was there, right? Yes. And so often people pleasers feel like they need to be the glue, like they got to hold things together. You saw your family going through this and all these people saying these things. That moment when you you just went, you know what, enough. And you stood up, you stood up in yourself and you came back into your center. And you said, I, it was almost like you're like, I can still be to some degree supportive, but I no longer need to be the glue for everybody else. I need to be strong here and be in that, that acknowledgement of what's happened. First stage, right? Identification and acknowledgement. Second stage, 
acceptance. I accept what's here. And third stage, now it's time to let it go. Now it's time to change form. You came back into your power, Jessica. And, and this is the, yeah. the process is when you're, when you're in that power, you get to then sit with it and go, okay, I'm going to get clear on what this actually is. And then you went, you went the next step, didn't you? You went and actually had a conversation with your brother. And you've been talking, obviously, with your family and those that are close to you. Yeah. So I, to begin with, so I, I made the decision and I woke up and then it was like all the heaviness. Like I felt like, I honestly felt like I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders because, you know, obviously I'd chosen that, but that's how I felt. And when I made this decision and I, I went to sleep and I woke up and it was like, it just completely had dissolved and and I felt so light and I just felt I just felt like absolute pure love. That's how I felt. And I just chose, okay, my body has just, I just realized I identified my body's done something overnight. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it because I know that it's true because I can feel how different I feel. And I am now on a new chapter and I'm going to accept that. So I accepted it. And then I just kept trusting whatever my body was telling me I just kept listening to my body I get listening and listening to my body and saying okay well what do you want me to do this is the I started cultivating this relationship with myself and my body asking what do you want me to do and then all of a sudden literally within the within 12 weeks from making that decision I lost 11 kilos without doing any exercise, like nothing. And it was just like, just it just fell off because my body was like, we don't need that safety anymore. We don't need it. We're done with it. Yeah. 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 Wow. You came back into your center. Yeah. You just, you just went back in and you said, hey, I'm the master of my mind. And I was just present with it. I just stayed present with it. Yeah. yeah. And I said, okay, all right, so what am I doing with it? And I just kept trusting and trusting. And I, I realized that everything was so much bigger than me. That was another thing that I began to believe and to realize that everything is actually so much bigger than me. I'm just a small part of this and I just need to keep trusting and I'm just going to keep trusting. And I'm also going to love everyone who doesn't understand what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to love everyone who who still wants to 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 hate on me for actions that I didn't even make myself, but I'm going to say, I love you. And I then began to realize as I kept choosing that, oh, wow, choosing love over fear is a very big deal. It's a very, very big deal. And it can change your life. Something that seems so simple, choosing love over fear. Cause sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes yeah. it's really hard. Well, the love, love is coming from power, right? It's in the upper brackets, higher frequency, acceptance, understanding, joy, peace, love, which it sounds like that's what you anchored in that night. You went I just, to that I just anchored it in and it just took, it took place and, and root in there. And then I began to just, everything I ate was different. Like I just began to ask myself, what do you want to eat? I would just talk to myself, what do you want? And I would just, I, I literally, it's like, okay, no dairy, no. And I, I wasn't seeing a nutritionist or anything. I just said, I said to my body, what do you want me to eat? And I would just literally eat whatever food my body said, eat. And I just, I, at, by this point too, Joel, um, which I haven't shared, 
I actually was suffering with um, like very severe iron deficiency. They wanted me to have all these infusions and I'd already done that. It wasn't working. I also had got so weak to the point where I had tendonitis in both of my wrists and it was almost arthritic. And they said, okay, we're going to need to, um, to give you injections in your wrist because you know, I, I had to hire a cleaner. I had to hire people to help me because I actually couldn't physically do my job as a mother. I couldn't turn, I couldn't open a jar, Joel. Like that's how weak I got. I'd have to ask someone to open a jar for me. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? When you honored yourself, you yeah. stopped punishing yourself because that's what you, you were punishing doing. punishing myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was Stop like telling myself I was weak. Emotional fix, right? That was there. You were layering the cake to go to a point where you're like, I'm so sick of eating this cake. I'm yeah. not eating this anymore. Like you, you changed your literally. diet <laughs> by honoring yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just went, I'm not going to eat this shit food anymore. I'm just going to stop now because this, I, I'm at the end now. I got to the cherry on top and there's nothing else here for me. And yeah. I love that. What, what about, okay, let's break it down like this because I think, you know, if there's somebody that's listening and going, oh my gosh, you've had this life experience, this happened, you were able to work through forgiveness, you now, you know, can sit and have conversations with your brother, you've accepted it, um, you've, you've been able to let it go and you've been able to teach so many other people this process. What if somebody is the one that you said the word perpetrator, if somebody feels like a perpetrator, if they, they feel like, in a sense, like they've done something and, and then there's this need for forgiveness, but they don't know where to start. And they've got themselves down in the dumps about how they've acted in the past. What's the process there? Mm. So powerful. So I, I believe that there's four different ways that we tap into forgiveness. So the first way, and I, I truly believe that the most powerful thing you can do to begin with is to forgive yourself. And when you forgive yourself, you'll be surprised is at how people begin to look at you differently because you are now holding yourself in a completely different way. You're giving off different energy. And, you know, an example, Joel, is that as soon as my brother did this, my first thought was, and this is full honesty, my first thought was, I hope he dies because he had also attempted to take his life. And that was my first thought. I, be I believed that wholly at that time. Yeah. And I had to forgive myself. I forgive myself for wishing that my brother tried to take his life. And I forgive myself for allowing myself to, to continuously suffer when I realise that I don't need to suffer. So I think it starts off with forgiving yourself, having the courage to forgive yourself. The other ways that we can forgive as well is obviously forgiving others. And I think that there's this massive misconception and I once had a client say these exact words to me. She said, forgiveness is a weakness. It's basically giving your power away. She said to me, forgiveness is giving your power away. And this is before we'd done any forgiveness work. It was like our first call. She was just telling me a story and it just happened to show up. She goes, forgiveness is giving your power away. And I was like, oh, wow. And people believe this job. Cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, right? Like people, people generally they genuinely believe this. They think that they're going to lose some form of status. They're going to lose something. But in actual fact, you gain everything. You gain absolutely everything. And there's, yeah, there is forgiving others. 
which forgiving others can be done in many different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sit down and have a conversation. So my brother knows like I love him and I forgive him and I love him, but I also do have boundaries, you know, because I choose to love myself. I also most of the time love him from afar not to say I don't visit him or write, or write him letters, receive letters, things like that. Um, but just because you choose to forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you need to be best friends with them. And I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions is that you're accepting and tolerating the actions of a person when in actual fact that that's not the case. So you can have a courageous conversation with someone and usually, you know, that that is incredible. And then there are times where perhaps you having that courageous conversation, it may not actually land for that person because they're not in a place to meet you where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to accept that, in which case there are other ways that we can process forgiveness through letters and, and things like that. Yeah. So, so you drop the expectation. And know that first, yeah, exactly. So, so you're almost like accepting, okay, it's about reconciling it within myself first, because that's where my thoughts are coming from. That's where my emotions are being driven. That's where my behavior uh, has either been triggered or held back, whatever it may be. And then that way, if we can at least get that part down, Pat, which is what you're actually in control with, then yeah. what happens on the other side, everything else is a bonus if it becomes more acceptance from the other side, right? And more truth and more, yeah. you know, of this, hey, I see what you're, you're saying here and I do want to improve the relationship between us or I do want to uh, be able to move forward from this. I think that some people are so scared to go into this next space because they haven't accepted what's happened that's right there with them in that moment or, in, or whatever they've been holding on to. They feel like that in itself is scary because it's to some degree, if I look at it as it's a failure or a mistake, then I'm so scared to try and step in the next time and make another mistake. And, and I've noticed this with some people where they kind of stay in their story and they stay in self-pity, which is like one of the worst things to do because you're not allowing yourself to get to the next place. It's almost like this is my punishment for how I was rather than going, wait a minute, every day is a new day and I get to step in. You know, I've met some incredible yeah. people that if you were to hear their past, like I, I've said to them many times, man, I'm so happy you forgave yourself. I'm so happy that you, you didn't let that be your story and uh, deter you from stepping in because they're incredible leaders now. Most of the leaders in our space in self-development, man, if you hear their stories, I remember I was speaking at an event that was about 12 or 14 different like big you know, self-development speakers. I, I swear, I like 14 of them, at least 10 or 12 of them were either in jail or they're like drug abusers or some crazy thing had happened. They all, but they made it out on the other side. And I think that that was the thing that made them stronger, not knowing that, you know, that's what you do is when you practice writing your own permission slips, instead of waiting for somebody else to come and give you permission, it's such an empowering space to stand in because you realize you can do that over and over again. And you start making better and better decisions because you understand the power of the decisions that you make. Yes. It sounds like that's what you were able to do. And, and I know you, you coach so many of your students on this as well. It's just really making powerful decisions, really come, coming from an aligned place rather than uh, 
making it from from lack, right? Making that decision from scarcity and lack. Yes, yeah. And I think the thing with forgiveness, what I've come to realize is why, and I've, I've, why is forgiveness one of the most powerful tools that seems to really move the needle in coaching? It's like this next level thing. And yet it's so simple. It's something that people have been doing forever. And why is that? And yes, it's a release, things like this, but I'm like, well, it's got to be deeper than that. And what I've come to the conclusion is that forgiveness allows you to see the humanity within yourself. So then when you can see the humanity within yourself, you then begin to see the humanity in all people, in your parents. And that's probably with like one of the first places that people will go like, oh, it's my parents' fault <laughs> while I'm like this. Yeah. You know, you see, you go, wow, they're actually just a human being. And they also have probably had a lot that they've gone through in their life. And they, I, I truly believe that every generation just did a little better. Everyone was just doing a little better than what the previous generation did. And it takes a really bold person to go, I'm going to do more than just a little bit better. I'm going to do, I'm going to completely change the game. And it's going to be, I'm going to, the generational stuff I'm passing down is the legacy that you are powerful, that you can do anything and that other people in this world matter and how you contribute to the world matters. Yes, 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 yes. So many people that don't do this work. And they're tied to their old stories. They have this, from what I'm noticing, and I'm sure you do too in your coaching, shame, mm. guilt, right? Apathy. Like, think about it. Guilt brings upon blame. That's your emotional state that you stay in when you feel shame. And so it's actually an evil view of life. You have this very dark, evil view of life because you're just going around pointing the finger, blame, blame, blame. There's no control over your life there, right? The humiliation that people feel when they're in shame it's the thing that keeps them stuck. Fear of rejection, not feeling good enough, right? This fear, living in fear is anxiety. Anxiety is fear of loss of control. And so when you step into your center and take ownership, like responsibility and ownership, that's leadership, right? Yes. It makes yeah. such a huge difference. It really does. And, you know, one of, my, one of my life standards is that I switch my expectations for standards. Whenever I, I find myself going, oh, okay, I'm living an expectation right now, um, I get really, really clear on, well, what are my standards? Well, my, my highest standard is that I choose love over fear at all times. Why am I feeling this way? Oh, I forgot to choose love. I forgot to choose love because I was afraid that person might judge me a little bit. So I kind of bring awareness back into it. And yeah, I think that that really helps. And, you know, talking about this shame and humiliation piece that for me, that was something that I experienced in my whole family experience, because we are the family of, of the bad one, you know, the way that society shares it and the media glorifies it as well they really you know they glorify these things that are happening and it's it's terrible to be honest it, it makes me sick to my stomach and I would literally be afraid to I remember once I worked up the courage Joel to go to a coffee shop for the first time since it happened and I thought okay I'm, I'm really proud of myself 
I don't need to worry about anything. Nobody knows who I am. I'm just sitting here and I'm, I'm going to have a coffee and I'm, I'm going to enjoy this coffee. And then as soon as I sat down, I looked down and there's a paper and my brother's on the front page. And you know, like literally, and I would, I would punish myself as well in motherhood because I felt that, well, somebody has lost their daughter and also my niece. My niece has lost her mother and also my mother is carrying so much shame because she loves her son. You know, you have a child, you're going you're gonna to love that child and you're not going to think that they're going to be capable of such things. And that was my introduction to motherhood, to witnessing, witnessing all of that. So I, I told myself, okay, you're not allowed to experience the joy of motherhood. So for the first two years, I did not enjoy the experience of motherhood. And after I made that conscious decision and I started leading with love, what I realized is I get to fully embrace motherhood. And when I began to fully embrace motherhood and like, Joel, I lent in all the way. I literally bought every shirt that said like mum life on it. Like I thought they were lame to begin with, but I'm like, no, this is going down. We are going to have a good time. We're going to love motherhood. So we're going to get like literally like active wear, even said mum life. I just got everything you could possibly get to embrace and fully step into that. And I was like, wow, this is what love is. I can actually be present with my children now because I can be present with myself. And I realized that my definition of love, love is unconditional presence. And when you can drop into unconditional presence, that's when you can actually be with what's true. Wow. That's a stinger right there. Mic drop. Say it again. <laughs> love is unconditional presence. Yeah. You know how I love to wow. simplify things, Joel. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. I love but it. I so just, much. I realized I was like, this is what love is. This is my definition. And that's why one of my favorite questions in coaching is what is your definition of, you know, yeah. if they say that's bad, what is your definition of bad? How do you know it's bad? What's your definition of good? Because our minds are just filled. We're, we're literally walking around with a dictionary and our, our own unique dictionaries that we have actively created and allowed other people to create. So when you actually ask yourself, well, what is the definition of this? And then I, you know, because I study, I study linguistics too. So from like the age of, I don't know, basically from the age of six, I wanted to be a linguist. I had an Italian teacher and I thought, wow, she's so cool. I just want to be her. So I just started studying Italian and I went and ended up studying linguistics and Italian at uni. And I was originally going to be a teacher or I was going to be a translator. But then I realized it takes 10 years to like basically become a translator in the UN. And I, I was like, no, nah. I was too impatient at that time. Um, literally did translating courses and everything. But what I learned studying linguistics is just really how the mind works. You know, like obviously a lot of coaches do NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And before I did NLP, I'd study linguistics at uni. So there was just this deeper level of understanding about who we are as a human species, how other animals communicate. Like that was a whole other thing that I learned. And I just began to develop a relationship with words. For me, words are little beings and we get to respect every single word that we say. Like 
do you say what you mean? Like this, this is what I believe a grounded leader is. A grounded leader, they say what they mean and they mean what they say. Yes, yes. We tend to label everything, right? And I think as humans, we like to put things in boxes. I'll categorize this here and that there and that. And, and I think for the most part, well, there's a couple of reasons. It makes it easier for us to understand where things go. But second, and I think this is where society steps in and plays a pretty big part and how, like whether we choose to pay into it or not, it makes us feel safe. That if I think I know someone or know something and I put a label on it and we put it in a box there, then I, at least I know what's going on here. If it doesn't act in the way according to how I think it is, I often will judge it. And I think that that's what we do as humans all the time. We label and we box and that, and then we just have, we have our expectations of how others uh, are supposed to be rather than like you're saying, having that unconditional presence. I love that because, you know, when I studied theology, I was challenged with that question of, is God really love? Like he, is he love? And we study the character of God. And when I look at it, it's not religion. It's not society based. It's not man-made versions of it. Just like really stripping it back to the core. If you look through the lens as you're reading the scriptures and seeing what God's actually conveying, it is so much love. It's like, wow. Like the amount of this, like you said, unconditional presence to look at someone, to look past, as we call it, sin, violation of purpose coming out of design, but looking at the heart of the person and really like seeing for what it is and working and co-creating. I want to, I want to be more like that. I want to be like, how can I connect with humans in a way where I can look past what's there and really know it's there, but also meet that person where they're at. And I think that this is our practice too as coaches and anybody that's listening, even if you're not a coach, you could do it in this day by day life here and just be in that you know, all the things you've shared is practice. It's not just like one trick. Yep, I've got this and I do it and it's done. You'll come up against the fence and challenges in time where you've got to go back into that practice. But I love how you were in this place where as a mother, you at first were saying, I don't get to really own this and be the mother that yes. I want, want to be because you were still in that shame, right? So your view of life was miserable. It was like miserable. Then what you did was you went, you know what? No, I have a reason here now. I've got my kids. I'm here to be a leader in this family unit. My life is, is going from miserable to meaningful. And, and in that, you teaching your children how to be meaningful, not just through your words, but through your actions. There's this negotiation that takes place where your kids now are looking and going like, oh, that's what it means to live. So they don't have to make the, you know, these regretful decisions later on in life because they're, they've got great examples. And I love this because you're creating this harmony in the family unit. You're starting locally and you're going nationwide and you're going global. It's what you're doing with this suicide prevention as well. Like bringing this, these numbers down is the same thing as creating more of that harmony through your practices, through the forgiveness and finding meaning in things too. And I love that. I think that everyone, everybody gets to live a life of fulfillment. Like everyone gets to experience fulfillment and purpose. And I think sometimes people will look at that and go, oh, no, they're just special. That person's just special. They've just, you know, they were just born to do something special. That's not me. That's definitely not me. But then when they sit in that place of 
expanding their ability to be present. And this is why I actually focus so much on listening when I teach my coaches. It's before you speak, you learn to listen. Before you coach, you learn to listen. Before you listen to others, you learn to listen to yourself. And listening with with not like just these two things that are like attached to your head right now, but listening with your entire body, like listening with every cell in your body. When you can connect to every cell in your body and you're like, I am listening to every part of you right now. Every part of my body is listening to you. So because I'm doing that, I'm going to give you the safety and the permission to begin to do that for yourself in this moment. And I just think listening, sitting in silent meditation, like I'm such a stand for silent meditation. Um, That was something that I began to do once I was going through my process. I would would get up every single morning at um, at 4 a.m. So my kids would get up at 6 and I said, well, an hour is not enough time for me. I need two hours. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to make a commitment to myself. My body says you're getting up at 4 a.m. every morning. So that's what you're going to do. I was not a morning person before this. Literally, people would say you shouldn't be driving at this time of the morning, Jess. <laughs> you're, you're not a morning person. So I got up at 4 a.m. every single morning and that became my practice. And I would just sit. I would just sit in silence. I would... Uh, just consume things that I was consciously choosing. And I remember this moment where I was watching, um, you know, like Regan Hillier. I was, I watched a YouTube video of hers and there was this moment where I was watching her speak on stage and I wasn't actually inspired as such. There was just this inner knowing and said, that's what you're doing. That's what you're going to do, Jess. And I just accepted it as my truth in that moment. I didn't go, oh, my gosh, that's so shiny and beautiful. I literally just sat there and I said, wow, that's what God has for me. That's that's what I'm being told I get to do and that's what they want me to do. So I'm just going to accept that and I'm going to continue to lead and accept what is true and is coming through for me. So I developed this high level of discernment through that just being with myself and being in that peace and quiet. And I think discernment is such a powerful, powerful thing for a coach, for any human being really, to develop that level of discernment. Yeah, I was having a conversation with Dr. Jody Spencer, and um, one of the things that he mentioned that resonated so deep with me, and it, and it goes perfectly in line with what you were just sharing, is that he says, you know, Joel, I think maybe we're just really poor observers. If we can yes, practice yeah. observing, seeing if what it actually is, asking questions and just listening and being there, there's so much more that we get to explore. And I think that so much of what is embedded in our society is distraction, distraction, noise, constantly going, get the followers, get the views, get the likes, information overload that we're not present. So I love that you have your practices where you're in a space where you can come back into that presence. And because you practice it so much, you're able to bring yourself back to that center. You just know where it is, right? It's like, let's go there. Boom. We need it now. Okay. Tap in, anchor in, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like crazy could happen. Something intense could happen. And I just, I now can be so present with it because I've increased my capacity to endure that what I do is I just allow that 
fear, anxiety, um, whatever it could be to just completely ripple through my whole body. Like I'll just feel the, I'll just feel the whole thing, the, the fullness of it all. And within a few minutes now, when it used to be, okay, this is going to go on for a few months now. Within a few minutes now, I just, boom, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let's move on. What am I doing? You know, and I'm ready to go. Like I'm in full alignment. That's it. Hey, and that's available to you right now if you're listening. Yes. It's, it's totally so available to you. Yeah. Jessica, I love this conversation. Man, we could do so many episodes. <laughs> there's so there's still so many layers to the story that I'm sure you'd love to explore. And I do hope to write a book. Like I've start, I kind of started this week actually. So yeah, that's coming. Welcome to the uh, the mission of being an author <laughs> you have days where you want to throw your book against the wall and then you have times where you're like oh i crushed it today i, I love it i think it's a great thing yeah it's it's a great way to to connect to a different audience that may not be online and it's a different type of group of people that are committed to sitting down and reading a book you know so your message will go even further and i love that i think that it's very much needed Jessica, thanks so much for being here. Is there anything that we miss? Is there anything that you'd like to mention? Anything coming up? Is there any way that we can get access to you or, or view more of your content? Yeah, definitely. I'd love for you to come and listen to my podcast. Joel was just recently on it, the Get Coaching podcast. Uh, you can also come and connect with me on Instagram is probably the best way to see what's going down. And yeah, at Jessica Palmer Official. Love it. Jess, thank you so much. Thanks a million. I really appreciate you, respect you. I love how you honor your processes and the way that you lead. Thank you. Thank you. I have one last question for you before we wrap up. This question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your parting advice, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Everyone is a truth seeker but not everyone is a truth speaker. Do everything you can to speak your truth.